You're now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with my dad. You're going to love it. Welcome back to what is this free agency? The, the biggest and most important time of the year for Washington football team fans, special edition, normal edition as well. Washington football team declassified Eric Rogers is in the building. What's up, Eric? Not much, Ellie. How you doing, man? Busy man, day. Busy, busy day. It's lovely, though, man. Um, we got some breaking news, man. Why don't you tell the people what it is? Is that how they do it? The little beeper thing That's on the old goes. school news? Um, Washington has signed Curtis Samuel, a free agent wide receiver out of Carolina. Three years, $34.5 million, I believe. Yes, sir. Give me Slightly your... more than I make. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> what's, what's your hot take on that one? Uh, I like it. Good signing. Um, I, I didn't think he was coming here. Um, I didn't think that I didn't think they would get him for whatever reason. It just seemed like somebody would offer him more money somewhere else. Um, because I thought we, uh, you know, will we're the type of team that will set a price. And if somebody exceeds that, then they won't come here because uh, we won't, you know, exceed that price. But the wide receiver market kind of looked like it dried up a little bit. Like guys yeah. weren't getting the big deals that they were uh, seeking because it's just the market's flooded with them. So good for us and welcome aboard. We've got the Ohio State uh, outside receivers now. Got a couple of them. So that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Curtis Samuels is one of my favorite wide receivers to watch and play because he's kind of, he's a do-it-all kind of receiver, you know? And I like those types a lot. I thought maybe if they didn't get Samuel, they would uh, put Gibson more in that position at times. He's a running back, I know, but just kind of put him in that position where they bring Samuel into the backfield and flex him back out, things like Mm -hmm. that. But I'm, I'm happy with the move. I thought maybe they'd try to address a, a pure deep threat this offseason. They still might do the draft. You never know. But it it put the Fitzpatrick signing in a little bit different lens for me. And I'll tell you why. And I'm not going to talk quarterbacks. I refuse to talk quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. signing Samuel and signing McLaurin made me think, I wish we would have gotten somebody a little bit more, I don't want to say respectable, but just a little bit more uh beneficial long-term you know what I mean so those guys could grow with them Terry's gonna need a new deal next year we talked about that last week but I just wanted somebody a little bit more real in terms of producing wins do you know what I'm saying because now you got the weapons to do it I want somebody that can make it happen um it I feel a little better about the position that will not be named uh signing as well uh with Samuel um I read I've been I've been doing a lot of reading on that on the signing uh, that we're not talking about, um, and you know, and I, there's a lot of people that are really really excited about it. I don't get that at all. Um, I read a really good pragma- pragmatic one from Mark Bullock. Um, if you follow his stuff, he's amazing. So you should absolutely follow him on Twitter. He's fantastic with his breakdowns, uh, and he pretty much sums up exactly the way I feel about it. Um, you just have to give that guy weapons who can go get the ball because he's going to give guys opportunities. So the more weapons you have on the outside, the better off you're going to be. You need guys who are really capable of winning um, winning uh, fights for 50-50 balls because they're going to see a lot of them. Um, so I, I do like the Samuel signing quite a bit. I, I think I've said previously he's just a way better version of Steven Sims. Um, and now Steven Sims is expendable. Uh, he's like a running back slash wide receiver. He runs the ball. 
Uh, he's like a real bully. That run he had against Washington last year where he just carried, uh, I think it was Reeves down the sideline for about 10 yards. Um, it was crazy. And that was the kind of thing that I would love to see. And, and Terry can run like that too. So it's good to have two guys like that. Um, you know, I'd still like to maybe improve on what, we, what we're getting from Cam Sims a little bit. But, um, you know, he's tall and can jump. So maybe uh, Fitzpatrick will help him out too. Oh, I said his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say his name. I know we're not talking quarterbacks. First rule of declassified. Don't talk about quarterbacks. All right. Are we better today now that we got Samuel in the building than we were going into that Tampa game? Um. When I was thinking about this question earlier, before we signed Curtis Samuel, I said, no, we are pretty much exactly where we were going into Tampa. Question marks at quarterback, one real weapon on the outside, um, and a solid defense. Uh, and I think we, until about 20 minutes ago, that's exactly what we were. Now with Samuel, I think we have improved enough. I think we, we're, we're a better, I can say that they're a, they're a better football team right now than they were three months ago, just because of that one addition. I think that he improves, he takes pressure off McLaurin and he can get the ball in space and do a lot with it, um, which is just something that we didn't have enough guys that could do last year. So I do think, yes, with that signing, we are officially, uh, we have, you know, crossed the bridge of being a little bit better. We'll see how the rest of free agency goes, but yes, I do think we are slightly better than we were. If Fitzpatrick starts against Tampa, is the outcome of that game any different? Meaning, do we win that game? As we were constructed, no. Um, I, it would have been, a, I see a lot of Fitzpatrick's game in Heineke, honestly. Yeah. I do. Like, I see a lot of the willingness to push the ball downfield and the risk taking and the mobility. Um, you're never quite sure what's going to happen when the ball's in his hands, which is cool <laughs> to a point, but I really, and I've been thinking about this since that signing is I just don't like gunslinger quarterbacks. I just hate them. Um, I think the most overrated quarterback in NFL history is Brett Favre personally. Um, I really do. He, I, I mean, he was a great, you know, he did a lot of great things, but he's also the NFL's all-time leader in interceptions that drives me insane. Like, did he really help his team? as much as if he had just played a little bit smarter, I don't think he did. And I think that's where Fitzpatrick is. And Fitzpatrick, he ain't Brett Favre, um, and Heineke's not. But I think getting back to the Tampa question, I think it probably goes about the same way that it did. Maybe, you know, Fitz brings a little more experience. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I don't think they went as constructed last year uh, the way you – know, I don't think they beat Tampa with Fitz over yeah. uh, Heineke. I tend to agree with you. I, I don't think it changes a whole lot. I think – Maybe you would have a little bit more offensive production, but you're also going to have some turnovers. It's just bad. That's what Fitz does. Like he kind of balances out all the positives he, he brings. He's going to balance it out with negative plays, sacks and interceptions. It's just the way it goes. You got to be prepared for that. We're mm -hmm. going to have some, some high intensity Sundays, right? <laughs> but we'll see how, if they turn it into W's or not. All right. It will be boring. It will not be boring. You will not, not be Alex Smith football. It will be <laughs> sure. There will be something happening, good or bad. It's going to be something. It is time for you <clears throat> to riff. We need underrated team needs. Go. Underrated team needs. Um, so we know we need, well, we needed a wide receiver. Probably still do. Uh, tight end. Yes. Linebacker. Those are not underrated. Everybody knows about those. I'm going to roll with a really pressing underrated need that not enough people are talking about. We need depth at edge rusher. There is a, you know, we were very deep last year, but we're losing two edge rushers. Ryan Kerrigan is going elsewhere. Ryan Anderson is going elsewhere. 
wasn't really a whole lot behind them. Uh, we had, um, oh, what's his name? NC State guy, uh, hyphenated. We've got a lot of hyphenated names. James Smith-Williams. So we had James Smith-Williams who played a little more on the interior last year, I think, than he did at edge. That's really it behind um, between, behind uh, Sweat and Young. So I think a secondary, and it doesn't, you know, it could be addressed through the draft, but if you're looking at experience, somebody like uh, like an older guy, like a Justin Houston or a Melvin Ingram at the right price could come in and be, just be that situational pass rusher to give those guys a break. Um, so I think that I do think that is a very uh, underrated need. And I think kind of it broke a little bit more today, but this was on my list um, a while back uh, and it's a weird one, but it is a definite need. And that is long snapper because you don't know what it's like to have a bad long snapper until you have one. And we have not had one um, in 20 years. We've uh, Washington, Ethan Albright and Nick Sundberg uh, over the past you know 20 years have been fantastic. They've just, and you never hear their name during the game. And that's a good thing because you don't want to hear the name of your long snapper because he screwed up if he didn't. And I don't remember, I do remember the last bad snap in a game. It cost us a trip to the NFC championship in 99. Um, and so, you know, with releasing Sunberg, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure they have uh, somebody in mind. Uh, it's just odd. Cause he's not that old. He's 31. I mean, those guys played with their hundred. I mean, what do yeah. you do? You just, you're long snapping. <laughs> um, you know, you, they're not allowed, you're not allowed to get hit. Um, you know, until after you've snapped the ball and you get bounced around a little bit, but I mean, it's not like a high risk position. Um, it's about as low a risk position in football as you know, there is, and he's not, he's only what 31, 32 years old. Uh, fantastic in the community. He seems like somebody who should just be a lifer, but I, I don't understand why uh, Nick Sunberg was released, but I'm sure they got somebody in mind, but that's definitely, you got to get somebody in there. Um, and then a slightly lesser one, but I think is necessary is competition at kicker. Um, they resigned Dustin Hopkins. I like, it's fine. He was very shaky last year at times. Um, you know, he missed a couple extra points, but I mean, every, you know, they moved it back. Everybody misses a couple. I think there's only one guy in a league that didn't miss any. Most guys miss more than two. So if he only missed two, it's he's right on league average, but he had a, some struggles like 35 to 45 yards for whatever reason. He, he missed uh, I think four or five kicks from that range. And it was just really odd for him. Uh, and the, you know, the long snapper hadn't changed and the holder hadn't changed. So it was, it had to be something was just off with him. So it's okay that they brought them back. I don't hate that they did, but I think that, uh, you, at least you can't hurt to have some competition for him in camp. Cause if somebody can outkick him, then bring him in. He did definitely didn't do well enough to just, you know, be handed a job this year. Yeah. I was surprised when they signed him so quickly, but you know, it's it, it, fans. We want, we want blood, <laughs> you know, when you cost us yeah. games and you start exactly. missing kicks, but I get it. He's back. He's been pretty consistent for us for a while. You give him one season to to screw up, and then you bring him back, and hopefully he can get his butt back on track. So, mm-hmm. all right. So nice job, Eric, with those uh, underrated team needs. Now, if you are not already following the podcast on Twitter, make sure you run to Twitter. WFT declassified on Twitter. The actual handle is declassified WFT. Go find it. Go follow that. Follow the podcast wherever you can get your podcast because we are doing things over here. Ain't that right, Eric? We are doing it. Doing it big. Doing things. (laughs) Doing things. We put out a number of polls on Twitter this week, and you guys did an excellent job of interacting with them. We got a ton of responses for these. So we're going to put Eric under the pressure cooker and have him answer to see if he agrees with what you guys have put. You ready, Eric? Well, first of all, we're going to see if they agree with what I say. But, yes, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here we go. 
how many games are you going to give Fitz if he struggles before you start calling for the backup, which I assume is going to be Heineke? Your choice is Eric Carr. Less than five, five to ten, or the whole season? Where are you going? Less than five. Less than five. I don't even need you to finish the question. Yeah, <laughs> less than five because I've already made clear I don't, I'm not a fan of the signing, so he is less than five. I, I'm going to – me personally, I think I would have said five to ten because I just don't know – what's behind him and Heineke. We think we, he can he can play in a backup situation. But, man, if you go less than five, you're giving Heineke potentially 11 games. And I don't know if no. you want to do that. No, I'm not. I'm giving Heineke and Kyle Allen uh, 11 <laughs> games between them and Fitz to come back because that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I would not be surprised next year to see something similar to what we saw this year with quarterback play. Just yeah. injuries and poor play causing people to get benched and move around. And we'll see all three next year at some point. I Just am whopping them in and out. 97.8% uh, positive that we will see all three of them in the game next year. That's an official metric. And Twitter, you guys went with less than five games. 66% of you guys went with less than five games. So they're on board with you there. Smart, smart Twitterers, tweeters. All right. Let's, let's sure see if this continues. <laughs> Is William Jackson an upgrade over Ronald Darby. What say you, Eric? Yes. William, he is an upgrade um, because uh, essentially the perception of him when he got here, because uh, if you remember the, the, the two or three years prior when Darby was in Philly, he was not highly regarded and nobody in Philly was sad to see him go. Whereas um, with Jackson, he's already highly, highly regarded and he's got a lot of kudos from a lot of people. And they're like, wow, you're getting yourself a good player. Um, so I think behind our defensive line, which really made Darby's job easier last year, um, I think William Jackson can really go to the next level. So I, I definitely think that Jackson is an upgrade over Darby. It took me a while to come around to this, and I think I agree. I think you already cashed in your Darby lottery ticket last year. Now you go with a little bit more stability in Jackson. 90% of Twitter agreed with us there. So awesome job, man. You're two for two. Two for two. This is where it gets tough, though. Is Fitzpatrick a considerable upgrade over Heineke? No. But he, I don't know. Depends on if percentage-wise, I don't know that he's a considerable upgrade. I think he's more experienced. He's seen more than Heineke, so in that respect, he's an upgrade. But I really, I mean, I'm going to, he's on Heineke almost, I think I've already said this, but he's, Got a, I see a lot of Fitzpatrick in Heineke in the uh, the willingness to push the ball down the field and the plays with his legs. Um, and he left a few interceptions out on the field last year, um, particularly in that Carolina game. But even so with the Tampa game, he had some throws he probably like to have back. And, you, you know, you see a couple of those a game from Fitzpatrick as well. Um, so maybe a slight upgrade. I don't know. What, what were my choices? Yes or no? Or was it like yes, slight yeah. or major? <laughs> yes or no. Okay, so okay, yes, he's a slight upgrade, a slight, slight upgrade over Heineke. I think Fitzpatrick is Heineke's ceiling in the NFL. I really do. Yeah, and 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 for that reason, I'm going to say he is an upgrade, but it's an upgrade with limitations. I mean, we're not talking about you know we just traded for Deshaun Watson right. or anything like that. So so level the expectations, but I think with Heineke, you just don't know. But I think you've seen he's a quality backup in short spurts. He's not one of those backups that I think you want playing eight games in a season. That's what I think. I don't know. Twitter says 66% yeah, I, think uh, Fitzpatrick's an upgrade. Okay. I'm not sure that he's 
I'm not ready to put him in that category yet if he's a good backup in short spurts because we just haven't seen enough of him yet. I personally don't think he would last eight games because he's so small. Um, but, you know, he may maybe he's that guy that can play that well and just hasn't had the right opportunity yet. But I think that, um, you know, health-wise, I don't think that he would even last that long. So I guess that's another way that fits would be an upgrade because he doesn't really get hurt. He just gets benched for poor play. Yeah, repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, every place he's been. All right, who has more pressure on them to produce this season? Is it Scott Turner or is it uh, Fitz? Scott Turner. Scott Turner is uh because Fitz is only here for a year. If he doesn't produce, he gets benched and he's out. Um, Scott Turner, there's an investment been made in him um, as our offensive coordinator. Um, and you know, there are a lot, a lot. I wasn't the biggest fan of his his play calling this year. Um, not necessarily the scheme because I know he didn't have the pieces, but he really like. Did you have, did you see like, or is it just me at like a strategy? He doesn't really seem like he's really setting things up. He's just kind of calling what comes to his plate. Sometimes it seems like, so um, we made a lot of excuses for him. Some people did last year. Um, so I'm going to say he has more because he's got a longer contract. I think Fitz is either way, most likely wanted done next year here. So um, definitely Scott Turner. Yeah. And I think you're right. There was no, there was no flow to his play call. It was just kind of like, yeah. Oh, what's here. And what's here. I'm going to call this because this is what I decided to do. Um, and then the fact that they've added all these weapons, oh, come on, Scott, you got to yeah. open it up. You got to do something. Right. So I'm going to go with Scott Turner. Twitter went with 84% said Scott Turner has the most pressure on him. And I, and I that's completely right. There's no other way to look at it. You said it Fitz is out of here after next year. Um, yeah. barring him taking us to the Super Bowl, I think he's gone. So he's, he's, yeah, he's Fitz is, house money. Yeah, he's 38 years old, seventh round draft pick, and he's still playing in the NFL. So he's definitely playing with house money at this point. He's got no pressure on him whatsoever. At all. All right, so then I said, let's let's get into the NFC East comparisons with, the, with these Twitter polls. And um, I asked, who's the best or the better running back between Zeke and Gibson? Uh, Zeke at this point. I, I agree. I don't, I, and honestly, it's not close yet. Now, potential, no. potential, absolutely, Gibson, because Zeke is on the decline. Yes. Gibson hasn't tapped into his potential yet, but it would be a little bit naive to say that Gibson's already surpassed Zeke when Gibson didn't consistently run the ball last year and had problems right. with his vision, which improved over the season. It wasn't there yet. Not to mention, Gibson wasn't really part of the passing game out of the backfield, so that has to improve, too. Yeah, Elliott is um, – he's been playing running back his whole life. He's been in, um, at least a pro bowler, maybe an all-pro. I don't know. Uh, he's a multi-time 1,000-yard rusher um, with a pedigree from Ohio State as a running back, as a first-round pick, and he has lived up to the hype for the most part, even though there's been some injuries, and he's declined a little bit lately, but he's light years ahead of Gibson right now. Um, not a, and it's not really a slight to Gibson. I mean, he's been playing running back for a year, and he had to learn a position at the highest level. So um, it's not a slight to Antonio Gibson in any way to say that you know, Zeke is a better running back. He's got every, you know, every advantage uh, as a player. Um, that could be given to a player as a running back. Zeke has because he's been doing it for so long and he's been behind a great offensive line. So Gibson, the ceiling's higher right now because, you know, Zeke's older and he's on his way, uh, like you said, on the decline. But yeah, at, at this point, yes, Zeke is a better running back. 
and Twitter said, surprisingly, or no surprise at all, 88% said Gibson's better than Zeke, right? Yeah, of course they did, because you pulled a bunch of Washington fans. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, better wide receiver, McLaurin or Amari Cooper? I think this is a little tougher than that last one. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a much closer. So I'm going to say it's, it's like 50-50. Uh, Cooper, I think, has better hands. Um, McLaurin is faster. They're both amazing route runners. Um, I'm going to let the burgundy and gold tip it for me. I'm going to go 51, 49, uh, McLaurin, but it, it's, it's really close. I, I don't know. Cause he, yeah, that's so close, but I'm going to go with McLaurin because I'm a Homer. All right. So I think Cooper is a better route runner. Like he gets better separation from the craft of running think? routes than McLaurin does. That isn't, I'm not sliding McLaurin whatsoever. I just think he gets think better separation. <laughs> I'm not. Let him have it, Twitter. Let him have it, Twitter. <laughs> Don't be mad. Um, <laughs> I, I think I like uh, McLaurin's athleticism better than Cooper's, but I think the function of playing wide receiver, I still think McLaurin has a little bit of ways to go to catch where Cooper is. I'd go with Cooper. Twitter went with McLaurin. 87% to 13%. 87%. Okay. More than my 51%. So there's the one thing about, I love McLaurin. Like I watch him and I, you know, and I look for the film breakdowns of him. I think his route running is fantastic, especially at the speed that he does it. The one thing about him and Twitter can let me have it for this. Cause I have four followers, so I don't care. Um, his, he lets the ball get into his body too much. It's the one thing that bugs me about him. And I'm a former, uh, third team all district wide receiver who caught five passes in two years um, in high school. So I'm, I'm pretty qualified to, to make this, um, you know, statement. I think, uh, no, uh, he, yeah, he's, he's more of a body catcher and he's got a really, like, he doesn't let it, it's weird. He like, doesn't let it hit him in the chest, but he does, he doesn't like, he doesn't extend for the ball a whole lot. He kind of just like corrals it. He has a really cool way of doing it if you watch, but he, you know, I think he he doesn't always high point the ball, and I think that's where Cooper probably outperforms him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's I still think he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, do you want to give out your Twitter handle, man, so people can know where to no, harass you? I, no, that, no, absolutely not. I am a social media phobic. I'm like, yeah, I've uninstalled all the apps from my phone. I don't look. Um, I think I think you I think you're one of my three or four followers, so you can give it out if you want. But I, <laughs> I don't promote myself like that. I gotta find it, but I will give it out at some I point. Have, I have nothing to say to anybody on the, on the internet. <laughs> I only post I only post memes on other people's uh, uh, tweets and um, Facebook posts. There you go. And I don't have any Instagrams or anything like that. I'm I'm social phobic. Right. Not a bad way. Social, I think they call it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who has the better offense in the NFC East, Washington football team or Dallas? Mm, Dallas, but Washington's closing the gap. Um, the weapons are the weapons are, are Dallas has weapons everywhere except maybe tight end is probably the only place where Washington or Washington has not even that really. I think you know I think Logan Thomas is a better tight end than anything Dallas has. But um, top to bottom, like every position is is very dangerous in Dallas, and we're not quite there yet in Washington. Um, you know, we've got two very good wide receivers now, but they still have four, I think, good wide receivers. They've got the three. They got the big three. They've got Cooper and uh, C.D. Lamb and Gallup, who are awesome. Then they got that fourth guy who just 
not, he's way better than Cole Beasley ever was. Can't think of what his name is right now because you really don't care about Dallas. Um, they've got two very good running backs. Um, they're better at quarterback. So I'm going to roll with Dallas having the better offense at this moment. But Washington's closing the gap. This comes down to Dak Prescott versus uh, Fitzpatrick for me. Yeah, it's, it's that simple. And at this point, Dak is a much better quarterback than Fitzpatrick. I like – now, the receivers are, are kind of a mm, – Dallas has the edge of receiver because we don't have anybody in the slot unless you count Steven Sims. Or if you say Sam is going to play the slot, then we need somebody else on the outside to step up. Dak is the tiebreaker for me because I do like the tight end that we have better. I think some of our offensive line are, can hold their weight against Dallas. And at running back, we talked about the edge, but I like McKissick better than I like Tony Pollard for Dallas in terms of the roles that we use him in. So, yeah. um, it's it's close, but I I nudge it to Dallas just because of Dak Prescott. Twitter saw it fifty one percent Washington football team, forty nine percent Dallas. I'm not mad at that because bias came into play here, and it was still a dead yeah. heat. So I can respect that. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm fine with that. I'm I'm fine. I don't think it's right, but yeah, I'm okay with fifty one forty nine. Yes, sir. Okay, how many projected wins? are we going to get based on the most recent free agent additions? And your choices are five to seven, nine to 10. Oh, is that nine to 10? Yeah, I'm sorry, eight to 10 okay. or 11 plus. So I'm reading it again, five to seven, eight to 10 or 11 plus wins. Where are you at? I'll go, uh, I'm barely in the eight to 10 range right now. I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and I think quarterback is, is what's going to do it for us. Um, I think the defense will hold its own um, and we'll be able to overcome some of the mistakes that he's inevitably going to make. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say, because it's a 17 game season, I'm going to say eight wins. So we'll, we'll, we'll go into the eight, eight to 10, eight to 10 win category. Um, and I would love to be wrong. Don't, you know, have your followers, you know, harass my four followers into, you know, dropping me. Um <laughs> I would love to be wrong about Fitzpatrick. I just have to see it from him. So I think they're like a, an eight and nine team next year uh, based on 17 games. Yeah. I don't think there's anywhere else you can go with this personally besides eight to 10, because you're right. Fitzpatrick is going to get you a couple of games and he's going to lose you a couple of games. That's just mm -hmm. his career path. I, I defensively, if we can fix a linebacker position, um, maybe we do a little bit better than that. And I think we got to still find one more receiver, whether that's in the draft or somewhere else. I think right. we got to figure that out. And then, then you can talk me into nine plus, but the schedule next year based on last season looks brutal. Mm -hmm. And that plays a yep. factor too. So I'm going to go eight to 10. Twitter said 77%, eight to 10. So we're right on cue there, man. All right, good. But they're all probably right. thinking 10. They <laughs> I'm thinking eight, but we're, we're all in the same boat. Here. We're in the same boat, man. Just different battles. Uh, so, so far free agency, what, what, what grade are you going to give us? I know it's early, but what grade do you give Ron and, and uh, Mayhew and uh, Herney for free agency so far? So I guess incomplete is a cop-out. Um, totally yeah, cop I'm going to go B plus. Um, no, I'm going to go A minus um, because I think they nailed it with, uh, I really didn't think that um, Curtis Samuel was coming here and the Jackson signing was like out of the blue. I had no clue that they were going to do that. I mean, I guess you, you think about, you know, losing Darby and you're like, well, what are we going to do? And for them to get, go out and get Jackson, I thought that was a great signing. Um, not a huge fan of the Fitzpatrick signing, but um, uh, so many people are and may, and I'm more than happy to be wrong about him. Um, 
So, you know, I'm going to go a minus right now because I love the two guys. And I, and I also like that we re-signed a couple of our own. Um, so I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go a minus and I'll feel good about that. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you separate grades. And I'm going to give you my overall grade. The Fitzpatrick signing, I give a C minus. I think we panicked a little bit there. I think we could have held out. There were potentially some more options that had a little bit more potential for the future than Fitzpatrick does. Uh, now, if their game plan is draft somebody at 19 and they know he's going to be there, I'll change my grade right now. But I don't know that for a fact. You know what I mean? So it mm -hmm. looks like it's just Fitzpatrick for the foreseeable future, at least this season. And I got to grade that in a silo and I'm going to give it a C minus the Jackson signing. I'm going to give that a, uh, an a, I would go higher, but I think we could have kept Darby too for a little bit cheaper. Now we talked about the reason why that man had been smart, but, it, but he knows the defense. He was in it. He functioned well. Um, and then the Curtis Samuel, I'm giving an a plus because mm -hmm. I too didn't think he was going to come here. I thought it was going to cost a lot more money. Um, and also I thought maybe he wanted to go to a spot where, you know, cause he played in Carolina with Robbie Anderson last year and, and Robbie Anderson got a lot of the press. There's also DJ Moore too. And DJ Moore is a beast as well. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe he wanted to go to an offense where maybe he was featured a little bit more, but you know, he's comfortable playing next to Terry at Ohio state. I'm gonna give that an A plus. I love Curtis Samuel as a player. Uh, so overall I'm going to go with the B minus because the quarterback position Ooh, weighs a little heavier. Great on a curve. Yeah. The quarterback position weighs heavier, you know, than the other positions do. So I'm going to, I'm going to go B minus. And I'm going to say, I don't think we're done. If we address linebacker in this, uh, in the free agency, I'll, I'll bump my grade up. I don't think there's a linebacker at 19 that really fits what we do. So I'm going to hold my breath on that. But overall, so far, so good. And we got three GMs. We're giving out smart contracts, right? That's got to count for something. And um, we're not signing really old players to really long contracts. So I'm, I'm happy right now. I'm happy. Yeah, and I think the really long contract thing is more uh, the players wanting a shorter contract because they know the cap's going up and this may not be their year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that uh, – I honestly think if they're looking at linebacker, a trade down in the draft might be something they'd be looking at and get like a Zayden Collins like later in the draft. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, if they don't, I think they just grabbed a linebacker. I'm not sure. Um, I hadn't checked Twitter in a little while, but I thought I saw something about them grabbing a linebacker. Uh, nobody famous, but um, picking up somebody. So, yeah, I think that – that's definitely something that will be addressed this off season um, and let's hope for the best, but yeah, I, I'm going to stick with my a minus. I don't grade. I don't have weighted weighted positions. I'm just going uh, based <laughs> on what I see. Call it how you see it, man. I like it. That's right. Eric, it's been fun. Listeners. If you're out there, which you are, cause you're listening, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Go hit the Twitter up. We're going to keep doing this. Eric, you're going to be back next week. I will do my best to be back next week with, with my four followers until what's funny actually is that I, I actually don't know my Twitter handle. That's how bad I am at it. That's the real reason I don't want to give it out. I don't even know what it is. I, I don't have my phone right with me. Um, yeah, but I'll be back next week. If you'll right. have me. It's emoneybags at dollardollarbillsyall.com. Something like that, right? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> we out of here. Net, though. <laughs> Peace net. out. See ya.